Bro. Welcome to another Fan Friday on When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. Today you'll hear myself and the rest of the Brotherhood discuss some of the top promos of all time. I asked on social media this week for fans to give me their greatest promos of all time. So this is a lengthy podcast because we had so many people submit promos for this one. So if your promo was not in this part, it'll be in next week's Fan Friday, part two of promos. So this is part one, next week will be part two. You'll start off by hearing myself and the rest of the Brotherhood discuss these promos, and at the end of every one of our discussions will be the actual promo we just discussed. So stay tuned, and I hope you thoroughly enjoy Fan Friday Promo Edition. Sounds off on Cena and Roman Reigns. From August 21st of 2017. All right, go ahead. That date, I don't know. Uh, It's because it's on the video. Anywho, (laughs) Miz is tired of John Cena and Roman Reigns, obviously. But the whole premise of the thing was... He he was never getting his moment, he felt. But he, Reigns and Cena were getting moment week after week after week, and he was sick of it. You're correct. He, it was essentially the CM Punk effect. Yes. Well, if you look at it, whenever Cena got brought back, he had a match at SummerSlam. You know who had to ride the pine at SummerSlam? The Miz. Exactly. So there it, was go ahead. No- there was, there was no reason for The Miz to ride the pine at SummerSlam. No. So what all does The Miz rip into him in the promo? The fact that John Cena tries to make a joke of everything, tries to make a joke of every moment that Miz tries to do. Uh, he says that that Raw didn't really need an addition, even though Kurt Angle thought they did. So it's like the modern-day pipe bomb. Yeah. One of the things that I loved... And you could hear it. It's like, does Raw really need John Cena? Or you don't know whether to cheer or boo John Cena? And all you hear is, boo. You don't know whether to cheer or boo Roman Reigns? Boo. It's just so much louder and resounding. <laughs> I love it. And Miz may be one of the top promo guys currently in the business. Oh, there's no question. So what, and what made this stand out to you? The sheer passion that Miz puts into it, because part of the way through, you can hear him say, and I, and he goes, I've worked week after week, and I've earned this respect for 12 damn years. And you could hear the grain and strain go through his voice through that. Ooh, I like it. I'll have to go back and watch this one, because this is one that I have not watched yet. Oh, you'll like it. Very nice. You know, I'm sorry, actually. Did I interrupt a moment? Wow, it's Roman Reigns and John Cena in the same ring at the same time. Barclays is blowing the roof off the place. How many moments do you two get? Honestly. You know, in life. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it, Barclays. Because, you know, in life, you're always told that if you work hard, if you chip away, if you plug away, if you do your job, then your moment will come, and I am sick of waiting for my moment while two undeserving people like you two 
in moments week after week after week. Yeah, I'm gonna take my moment right now while I ruin your two. The general manager of Monday Night Raw, Kurt Angle, seems to think that Raw needs an addition. Wait, Raw needs an addition while the Intercontinental Champion rides the pine at SummerSlam. I'm curious, Barclays, does Raw need John Cena? You have 18,000 people chanting no. Well, I, I'm a man of the people. I'll, I'll just show myself up. I wasn't done talking to you. See, this is it. That face, that smirk right there. You turning my moments into a joke while him saying that this is your yard? Well, this is my show, week in and week out. I'm the one working here. Not you and not you. And then there's you. You think you're left out of this? You don't know what to do. You don't know whether to cheer or boo John Cena. You don't know whether to cheer or boo Roman Reigns. I'm curious, who do you think that affects? You think that affects John Cena? Think that affects Roman Reigns? No, it affects me, the only champion in this ring. The person who deserves to be in the main event each and every night of Monday Night Raw, SummerSlam, or WrestleMania. And I am sick, I am sick. I'm not getting the respect I deserve. Your shirt says, respect, earn it. I've earned it for 12 damn years. Where is my moment? for that one and we're going to discuss a couple more if you don't care to stay on and join that's perfectly fine all right john collis a caller that's been on matt's podcast before sports ball mania little shout out said his favorite promos were daniel bryan's promos leading up to wrestlemania 30 i tried to find them and the one that has always stuck out to me during that stretch and you can probably guess which one it was not really, but continue. Daniel Bryan occupies Raw. Oh, yeah. This I is, forgot that happened. This is when he gets a bunch of fans in the ring. They surround the ring. They essentially force Triple H's hand. And Daniel Bryan earns a match with Triple H at WrestleMania 30 
The winner of that match, or Daniel Bryan wins, he gets added to the main event, Batista and Roman or, uh, Randy Orton. Yeah. Well, I don't know how I forgot that. We literally talked about the match on Throwback Thursday. Or yes. we talked about a match on that same car on the ma- uh, the same. You're right, we did. And this stands out because it's the same passion. This is when Daniel Bryan is getting screwed by the authority turn after turn after turn. And he's had enough of it. So he occupies Raw because Occupy Wall Street was a big thing then. He occupies yeah. Raw and forces the hand of the authority. I loved it. So thank you, John, for submitting this one. The Yes Movement is live right here tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. Yes. Now, earlier tonight, Stephanie McMahon came out here and apologized. Did any of you think that was sincere? Yeah, me neither. And you see, the authority wants to scare me into falling in line. They want to scare me into coming out here and apologizing for something I should have done a long time ago, which is kick Triple H in the face. But you see, Hunter, you can't have it both ways. If you want to be COO and be all corporate and come out in your suit and tie and all that kind of stuff, that's fine. But if you want to lay your hands on me, if you want to send people down here to beat me down, if you want to pedigree me, if you want to get in my face and you expect me to back down, I am not going to. I am going to fight! And if you want me to apologize for standing up for myself, I don't got two words for you. I've got one. No! And Hunter, it ends here tonight. Tonight is when it ends. Because we are all tired of you. You are not listening to me. You are not listening to these people. You are not listening to any of us. But tonight, we're going to make it so you have to listen to us. Because tonight, the Yes Movement is in full effect, and tonight, we are going to occupy Raw! What? You heard him. What does that mean? I mean, occupy Raw. You see, I'm not going to leave this ring until I get what I want, which is a match with Triple H at WrestleMania. And I know, 
I know that you've heard people say that all the time. They're not going to leave this ring. But tonight, I am not alone. I am going to fill this ring. I am going to fill this arena. I'm going to fill this whole place with the Yes Movement right here. I get it. It's unlawful, it's dangerous, it's subject to prosecution, all that jazz. But I talked to some members of the Yes Movement earlier today, and I'd like them to come down here right now. Members of the Yes Movement? Because you see, we are not going to take whoa, 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 it anymore. We are one. We stand together. We are united. And we are not going to leave this place until the authority gives us what we want. Where's the freaking police? Isn't that right? Isn't that what is going on? I have Vince McMahon 9 11 promo. You would have been less than, you were four years old when this happened. Do you have yep. a actual memory of 9-11 other than sitting on mom's lap? Uh, not really. Okay. So this was when. Again, I was four. Yeah. This is when SmackDown was still on Thursday nights. The tragedy had just happened. The World Trade Center also fell. Vince McMahon and SmackDown, Vince gets in the ring and delivers one of the most passionate promos about how this is the largest assembly for a sporting event since the tragedy occurred. He said, America will not take it laying down. You have woken the giant. And this promo is so passionate. I mean, I'm I'm 11 years old when he delivers this. I'm in sixth grade. That's been a minute. That makes me feel old that I was in sixth grade when this happened. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. But That's this, been a minute since you've been in sixth grade. Yes, yes, it has. But this <laughs> the entire roster was on the ramp waving American flags. Lillian Garcia delivers a beautiful rendition of America in the national anthem. Sorry. Yeah. But this promo by Vince was one of the most passionate things he's ever done. Because he spoke from his heart, not as Vince McMahon, the leader of WWE, but Vince McMahon, a person going to stand up in the face of terrorism. For once, we actually like something Vince did. Correct. I mean, it doesn't happen often. All right. Tonight, tonight, the spirit of America lives here in Houston, Texas. On behalf of everyone here in the arena and a worldwide television audience, we would like to extend our condolences to the victims and the families and friends of the victims of the terrorist acts that occurred on Tuesday in New York City and Washington, D.C. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to return to living our lives the way we normally do. Our nation's leaders have encouraged us to continue to live our lives the American way. 
They've encouraged us to practice and exercise our constitutional rights. And as such, tonight I believe this is the first public assembly of its size since the tragedy of Tuesday. Make, make no mistake about what and make no mistake about the message this public assembly is sending to terrorism tonight. And that message, quite simply, is that we will not live our lives in fear. The citizens of Houston are not afraid. The citizens of Texas are indeed not afraid. And by God, the citizens of the United States are not afraid. For we are a proud people, proud of who we are, proud of our nation, and damn proud to be Americans. America's heart has been wounded, but her spirit, her spirit shines as a beacon of freedom, a beacon of freedom that never has been nor ever will be extinguished. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you here in the Compact Center tonight. The World Wrestling Federation would like to thank each and every one of you watching on television. We would like to thank you for the honor and privilege of performing before you here tonight. Yeah. All right, we're going to go to a couple of mine while you're still on here, and I'll discuss a couple of them with Steven and Matt later on. One of these, and this is both probably one of our favorite tag teams in the last five years, even though both members are now out of the business. Enzo and Cass debut in Rip the Dudley Boys. Oh, yes. He is smack talker Skywalker. And he has a Mike Saber for a hater. This is one of my favorite promos that he ever did. And it's his first one on the main card. My favorite thing from the whole thing was your face so ugly that your four, it's your, well, your face so ugly, your hairline's receding from you. How you doing? <laughs> I like when he talks about your face is so ugly that tears go down the back of your neck to avoid your face. <laughs> Enzo was great. 
And unfortunately, he could not get out of his own way. But this promo has always stuck out to me because they ripped the legendary Dudley Boys. Yes. In there, it's just it's amazing to me. That's why I included it in my Fan Friday. This is one of my favorite. Next up, I am Smack Talker Skywalker, and I got a Mike Saber for a hater. And what do you know? We got a couple haters. Couple haters. You two are so ugly. Tears run down the back of your head to avoid your face. They don't. We didn't come here to play no games. Devon, I see the way you're staring at us. Well, let me tell you something. You want to play games? I'll connect for that dome piece. I got the gift of gab and the gift of jab. And I'll put that lazy eye right back to work. than you had all day. Fall back like a hairline. Because Big Cass will serve you to slop jalops any time of the day, breakfast like IHOP. Hit you with a haymaker, pancaker, and drop you like a deuce. to this ring and do something about it. What do you say, huh? Yeah, let's go. Oh, here we go. Here I go. The Dudley boys have heard enough from the upstarts Enzo and Cass. I'm sure they want to take on that mat. Change of plans. The Dudley just got through fighting a tables match. my favorite one of all time the american dream does the roads and hard times baby i kind of figured that one <laughs> this promo is used in promo schools now and it's a thing to try to recreate this promo within superstars and a lot of them can say it word for word this is when dusty Rhodes has returned from injury to face the champion the world's champion rick flair he put was this the polka dot? No, no, no. This was uh, NWA. Oh, okay. So this was pre-polka dots. This is when he was still blue-eyed soul, the, the permed blonde hair, everything. He takes yeah. it, and you can see Dusty Rhodes is passionate. He reaches his hand towards the screen to, to reach out to the people there, 
that know that they're facing hard times too, and Dusty Rhodes is in hard times, and he's going to change it. Oh, it was so good. I mean, it's one of these that you get goosebumps watching because I wasn't alive when he gave this promo. Neither one of us were. No. And (laughs) you can still feel the passion and stuff because Dusty Rhodes is one of the greatest, if not the greatest promo guys of all time. There's there's almost no contest in that aspect. No, I mean, we could do a Mount Rushmore of people, of promo givers. Hey, fan Friday. No doubt. But uh, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is that legend. So, Joe, I want to thank you for joining me on Fan Friday today and giving me your rundown of your favorite promo. Do you have any final words? Here's the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among these in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 and Ric Flair Nature Boy let me leave you with this one way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. 
Don't let me down now, because I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real Wolf champion. And I'm proud of you, and thank God I have you, and I love you. Love you! Next up on our promo list, we have Jake the Snake returning to a wrestling promotion for the first time since old school Raw in WWE. This is when he returned to interrupt Cody Rhodes in AEW. This is one of these that caught me by surprise, but Cody and Jake the Snake have history with Dusty Rhodes and the WWE and all this stuff. And it wasn't Jake the Snake returning to the ring. It was Jake the Snake saying he is coming back with his client to take out Cody Rhodes. All of this promo work and this whole feud with him and Lance Archer was phenomenal. And this promo was one of the best I've heard in at least five years. Because he spoke softly. He carried his big stick. He destroyed Cody and left him speechless in the ring. He did what Jake the Snake was best for. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy Jake the Snake ripping Cody Rhodes. I hate to spoil the party. But damn, man, I got tired of listening to you crying, bitch. I never cried over one match in my career. And you're gonna let that little punk son of a bitch get you down to crying? He whipped you like a dog? Don't you understand you got your ass kicked? He handed it right to you. That's not why I'm here. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Hail, mighty Caesar. I'm not here to praise you. I'm here to slay you. The only reason I'm here is I have a client. The dark side will be coming to AEW. And once our roots have taken hold, it'll be like this. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Sorry to the sun. It's been 20 years for me, Cody. 20 years to get clean, to get right. And by God, I earned it. And if you think for one minute that I'm going to uh, be a nice boy and play right, man, you've got another thing coming. You see, for years I used to put a snake in a bag just to make somebody think about it. And once you thought about that snake, I had you in the palm of my hand and I wind up spanking your ass. That's what happens. I will be 
on the outside of the ring when my client faces you. And you can bring that one-trick pony Art Anderson with you. <laughs> my God. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Caesar. Oh, Caesar. What a snake wants, a snake takes. You see, I'm not in AEW to take the whole pie. Just your share. Now, a wise man once told me, never, ever turn your back on somebody you respect or you're afraid of. And arguably the biggest moment on Monday Night Raw in the last 15 years, CM Punk and his pipe bomb. Yes, th this was the promo heard around the world. Oh, yes. So what, what stuck out? What made it special for you? It, it was just Punk's whole career coming out and saying, hey, this isn't good enough. No, and I didn't realize until I started watching it that he actually cost Cena the match against none other than the 24-7 champion, R-Truth. Yeah, and it was a it was a lackluster tables match until that point. <laughs> Absolutely. And he was pretty much just told backstage, hey, go out here, get a microphone, free game. And then they cut his mic off. <laughs> Welcome to Vince McMahon. <laughs> so just overall, what were your feelings on this amazing promo as a whole? I loved it because it was just so unheard of for guys to actually go out there and say, hey, this place sucks because of this. Yeah, and he spit in the face of the corporate golden boy, John Cena. Yeah, and I mean, you barely get it now because, like, I mean, I mean, Angle has mentioned TNA, Sami Zayn's mentioned AEW, but Punk goes out there and he mentions Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, everything he can. And it's kind Absolutely. of like maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of the greatest moments because no one really expected it. And he did it all while wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt. And then like the weirdest thing is he, he says hi to Colt Cabana. <laughs> yes, I love it. Hi, Colt. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wow. Because, I mean, and now we get Colt Cabana is fighting Chris Jericho on Dynamite for on Wednesday nights at AEW. It's just, it's weird. <laughs> so one thing that stood out for me when I heard this promo live, because I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, the way it was, um, was when he said, this place would be a whole lot better and Vince McMahon is dead. Oh, yes. And that still resonates with me because as we go through the weaving path since, you know, this pop bomb was exploded on live TV, He's still probably not wrong, as bad as that sounds. Oh no! And it's, I, it's not bad. <laughs> and I remember texting Josh Davis, the guy that got me into wrestling and back, you know, like being a big hardcore fan. Texting him and freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, did you not just see what CM Punk did? He's like, Matt, calm down. It was scripted. I was like, I don't think that's scripted. Like it. <laughs> It had me <laughs> tore to pieces. <laughs> is that not the best thing, though, as a wrestling fan, to call someone else who's not watching the product and alert them of something? 
Yes. Because I mean, I was just like, oh my God, this is, has, it, it, I thought it was the best thing I've seen in years. Because I did, I called Little Cuz when Endzone Cast debuted. He wasn't watching because I flipped out. And then I caught, I got back feed somewhere. I don't know from who. And then I called him when Braun Strowman debuted because I was like, you've got to watch this. This massive freak just showed up and destroyed the shield. <laughs> so it's just one of these things that's great to call. And, and I, I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen it because I don't know how far it goes on Raw. But at the end of that promo, he doesn't even go back through the curtain. He jumps off the stage and goes through the side. Yes, and to me, that's prototypical punk. It's not conforming to the man. And also, at the end of it, like, after they cut his back off, I don't know if you've, if you've heard it, but right as they do it, he goes, I'm silenced again! <laughs> yes. And they tried to do the same thing with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, and it didn't have the same power. No. All right, so next up, while you... You lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be. I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I leave in three weeks with your WWE Championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, John. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the back. I hate this idea that you're the best. Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There's one thing you're better at than I am, and that's kissing Vince McMahon's ass. You're as good as kissing Vince's ass as Hulk Hogan was. I don't know if you're as good as Dwayne, though. He's a pretty good ass kisser. Always was and still is. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I am the best wrestler in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company and I've been vilified and hated since that day because Paul Heyman saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit. That's right, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. You know who else was a Paul Heyman guy? Brock Lesnar. And he split just like I'm splitting, but the biggest difference between me and Brock is I'm going to leave with the WWE Championship. I've grabbed so many of Vincent K. McMahon's imaginary brass rings that it's finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. The only thing that's real is me and the fact that day in and day out for almost six years I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best on this microphone, in that ring, even at commentary. Nobody can touch me. And yet 
no, how many, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your lovely little collector cups. I'm not on the cover of the program. I'm barely promoted. I don't get to be in movies. I'm certainly not on any crappy show on the USA Network. I'm not on the poster WrestleMania. I'm not in the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Conan O'Brien, I'm not on Jimmy Fallon, but the fact of the matter is I should be, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne is in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. Oh, hey, let, let me get something straight. Those of you who are cheering me right now, you are just the biggest part of me leaving as anything else. Because you're the ones that are sipping out of those collector cups right now. You're the ones that buy those programs that my face isn't on the cover of. And then at 5 in the morning at the airport, you try to shove it in my face so you can get an autograph and try to sell it on eBay because you're too lazy to go get a real job. I'm leaving with the WWE Championship on July 17th, and who knows, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. Hey, Colt Cabana, how you doing? The reason I'm leaving is you people, because after I'm gone, you're still gonna pour money into this company. I'm just a spoke on the wheel. The wheel's gonna keep turning, and I understand that. But Vince McMahon's gonna make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? It's because he surrounds himself with glad-handing, nonsensical yes-men like John Laurinaitis, who's gonna tell him everything that he wants to hear. And I'd like to think that maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead, but the fact is, it's, it's gonna get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law and the rest of his stupid family. Let me tell you a personal story about Vince McMahon, all right? Can we do this whole bully camp? So next up on Steven's list is Paul Heyman in any promo. So Steven, explain what Paul Heyman does to benefit the promo world. Just everything he says carries weight. Because he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he single-handedly got a corporation off the ground in ECW. Yeah, and then... His promo work, I feel like at first he was just reading a thesaurus. Yes. And he's just so used to these words now, he he just says them. And he is one of the brightest minds when it comes to speaking. Because, I mean, without Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar would have been gone within a year. I still don't give it that much. Yep. No. Yeah, because we all know Brock's not a talker. And he, he's one of those guys, he's like Bobby Lashley. His voice does not match the body. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> All right, so I have chosen ECW promo. Paul Heyman 
is he's just given a passionate speech, and this is when we have like mullet Paul Heyman. So it's an older. This is like '95 Paul Heyman when ECW is just getting off the ground. So I mean, is there another promo that sticks out, or just every one of Paul Heyman's? One that sticks out to me is when they did. I think it was the first one night stand after they had closed their doors. Because he's got everybody in the ring, and he's like looking up at all these WWE events guys, and he solos Triple H out, and he goes, "The only reason you're not Triple H, he, it was Bradshaw, I think, because he was the champion." And yeah. He goes, "The only reason you were champion that long is Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays." Hey, he's not wrong. He really isn't. <laughs> but I mean, Paul Heyman is one of the greatest speakers ever. He's definitely the greatest talking manager of all time. Oh, without a doubt. Last time at the ECW arena, the fans stood in unison and chanted the three letters that demonstrate to the world that they appreciate the fact that there is a form of sports entertainment that strives to give you your dollar's worth. On a Major League Baseball, we all know that. And it ain't the greedy bastards at the NHL. We know it ain't them either. No, it's the wrestlers of ECW. But the fact of the matter was, as the fans stood in unison and chanted those three letters, E-C-W, 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 I don't think we earned it. We didn't give you what you paid to see. The public enemy getting their asses kicked. This Saturday night, four on three, Sabu Taz and 911 against the public enemy, the shooter Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. I've said this before, let me remind you of this fact. If you are a wrestling fan, it's going to be the best damn wrestling you have ever seen. And if you're not and you come this Saturday, you will become one. Because come hell or high water, we're going to kick their asses. And we're going to give you your money's worth. So that at the end of the night, you won't have to go to a hockey game. You can't go to a baseball game, but you'll have a place where you can appreciate the fact that your dollar is earned. ECW. Franchise, Shane. All right, next up on your list, and this one pains me. <laughs> I already know where this is going. Is Roman Reigns the night after he is, quote unquote, this was supposed to be Taker's retirement match. This is the night after WrestleMania when Roman Reigns beats The Undertaker. Yeah. And he declares it his yard. Yeah, that whole promo is just five words. Yeah, it's my yard now. And I mean, honestly, he didn't have to say anything to get a reaction. No, because the crowd just booed him for a solid ten minutes, and I was one of those. Yeah, like, as soon as he said that and walked up, I was just like, yeah, he's, he just made it. And then we get seven years down the road, or five, I don't know how long ago it was, and uh, let's see, it had been 33, so three years ago. Makes me seem a whole lot older. Uh, Taker and Roman become a tag team. I was like, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) I mean, I would say you can't live in the past, but he kind of went after Brock after he beat the streak, so. Like a year and a half afterwards, so who knows anymore. But yeah, this promo carried five words 
And and I'll give it. It was probably Roman's best promo he's ever given. <laughs> I don't think that's the best one he's ever given. Well, it's the best one I've ever enjoyed because it was so short. <laughs> but I'm not a Roman Reigns guy, so. And his promo work has definitely improved from when he first debuted. Yeah, and I mean, even I'm not a Roman guy, but he's got a few promos that he's involved in that just hit so hard. Yes, and the last three of your. This is my yard now. Matty Ice, now it's your turn. Woo! So we're going to go with the macho man, Randy Savage. His cream of the crop. And the cream always raises to the top. <laughs> you, you sounded like Marlon Brando from The Godfather when you said that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I have an offer. You can't get refused. I mean, I watched this promo and I was like, where does he keep getting these cups of cream? <laughs> that is a good question. I mean,. You know, what really sticks out to me about this promo is how relatable it can be just to life. Absolutely. You know, like, because, I mean, even though this is like classic Macho Man, classic everything that he did, this is probably, it's my favorite promo by him, but it has to be in his top five best promos ever. Absolutely. And he twirls around like a ballerina at one point for no reason. Yeah, no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Like, he could not stand still. I was like, what is he doing? You know, he was probably all jacked up on something. And, oh, there's no doubt I mean, that he was jacked up on something. <laughs> but I mean, and I believe it was, was it not Gene that was interviewing yeah, him? And Gene's just kind of looking at him like, okay, Randy. He's like kind of. <laughs> yes, it was It was good old mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> But I think Macho Man carries enough weight that every single one of us has tried the Macho Man voice at one time. I still use the Macho Man Slim Jim commercials in my nutrition lessons that I teach to the kids. I I don't blame you. It it was great advertising. Too bad Slim Jims taste like crap, but great advertising. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. I remember, like, when sadly, when Macho Man passed away, me and my brother went to King's Dominion and we rode the Intimidator 305. And it drops you down 290 some feet. And every time we got to the top, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we rode it like eight or 10 times that day. So my voice was killing me after doing that. (laughs) That's great. And I think one time I was like, snap into a Slim Jim, brother. And like we went down. I was like, ah! <laughs> I think it's great that 
you named this promo, and one of mine is well before I was born. But this is before you started watching wrestling, and you were able to dive back into Macho Man's work and get the cream of the crop promo. Yeah, I mean, it's just once I heard it, you know, I heard it a few years ago. And ever since I heard it, I'm just I was like, man, this is one of my favorite ones ever because I've kind of used it as a kind of like a motivational speech when I was teaching, you know, to kids. And I always be like, you know, guys, sometimes people say you're not this, you're not that, but the cream always rises to the top. <laughs> and they don't get it, but I'm sitting here going. I think every football coach <laughs> in history has also used this promo. Probably. I know I have, and my kids, some of them know who Macho Man is. Some of them know him as Bonesaw from Spider-Man. Like I did. Yeah. <laughs> but this, this promo, and I, I want to know where he learned his magician skills to continuously pull those little coffee creamers out of everywhere. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> the cream. And it's like, where are you getting these from? Like, is someone, like, kneeling down? And he drops them all over the place, and he just pulls another one out. <laughs> it's like there's a guy, like, kneeling beside of him and going, here you go, Randy, here's your another one. <laughs> well, we know it wasn't Miss Elizabeth at this point because she was off doing her probably rehab at this point. <laughs> He's sitting there on his knees going, I'm the one making the cream rise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my gosh. I'm leaving that in, by the way. I'm leaving that in. You just the eye candy. Yeah. Considering what I said on Throwback Thursday, I'm leaving that in. So that that needs to be on a t shirt. <laughs> oh my word. But this promo was great. So next Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guest at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Or I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Macho Madness, he has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it. Yeah, let me say it out loud. And let me point to the president of the World Wrestling Federation. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision. Yeah, I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait, wait a minute, and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Oh, wait, wait a minute, though, Randy. I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Outside interference here. Yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare. And I am the cream. And now, not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, but the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. And I'm talking to everyone in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm even talking... 
President Jack Tunney, yeah, I'm on my way. And nothing is going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. You know, just out of curiosity, Randy, and I certainly don't want to diminish your tremendous uh, God-given talents, but, but I'm very curious. I haven't seen Elizabeth lately. Yeah, she's on the outside of the ring. Does she interfere in matches? Yeah, nothing zero, yeah, pure athlete, yeah, and I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop, nobody does it better. Up, we have arguably one of the top promo guys in the history of the wrestling business. I'm talking about the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! And this is, you gotta, if you want to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And this is when he was, I believe it was NWA, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And he was going against Jimmy Snookerfly. Yeah, he said. I believe he said "snooker fly" like one time in that promo. <laughs> so I'm like, "You mean oh, whatever?" And you know, back when I was coaching at North Green High School, um, we were playing somebody. I forget. And right before you know the kids go to get dressed for the game and the coaches meet up and get the field set up, he plays this promo. And half these kids are sitting there going, "Who's this like man in this robe screaming at me?" And the other ones are like, by God, we got to beat him. If we want to be the man, we got to beat him. <laughs> and like, so it's kind of like half and half. <laughs> Does that not make you feel old when kids don't know who Ric Flair is? Yeah, and I'm just 28 years old. I, I turned 30 in four weeks. And yes, it makes me feel old too. Is it that soon? 26, 26 <laughs> days. True. Don't count them down too hard. I'm not, but Ric Flair is arguably the top promo guy ever in the business. Yeah, I mean, he literally can make a promo on anything. I mean, one of his promos was like fighting his suit. <laughs> so, I mean. That's true. And if you've never watched it, go watch Jay Lethal, Ric Flair, TNA, when Jay Lethal comes out and cuts Ric Flair's promo as Ric Flair. But close your eyes because you'll never be able to tell who's a part. Hmm. It is incredible. Jay Lethal does a perfect Ric Flair, and Ric Flair hates it. <laughs> well, I imagine. But, I mean, Ric Flair, I mean, you still go to wrestling events, and what do you hear in the crowd? Woo! You can go to sporting events, and what do you hear in the crowd? Thank you. I just wanted to hear you do that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair carries almost the same weight now as he did 25 years ago, if not 35 years ago. Figuratively and literally. Absolutely. So the last. Today, Ric Flair will be going, as many people say, for the final time for the world heavyweight title. For a man who's won it five times, Ric. How does this extra pressure affect you? Well, what it tells me, Les Russell, today, woo, I've got the star and profile like never before. Steamboat, let me go on record as telling the whole world you are the greatest wrestler on the face of this earth. But, pal, today, right here, you got to beat Ric Flair one more time. Remember, Steamboat? And, pal, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it.
But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. Ric Flair and Steamboat, you're going to be mine. Woo. Last one, and I called him earlier the modern-day take on Ric Flair. I have The Miz ripping Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack. Now, this promo reminded me a lot of the pipe bomb because at the time when it happened, I didn't really think it was scripted. You know, and Miz just goes off on Daniel Bryan saying, like, all the things that he's done and that he needs to do and, like, all these things he said he was going to do and, like, just goes off on him. And Daniel Bryan's the GM at this point. And I think Miz is – like his 14th title run as the IC champ. Yeah, and this is after Daniel Bryan called <laughs> The Miz a coward. Yeah. And it just, like, sets an explosion off in The Miz. And you can tell how raw and authentic his anger was during this promo. I mean, he – The Miz is top five on the mic all time. Oh, no doubt. And I'm not a Miz fan. You, you've you always loved the Miz. I was never a Miz fan. Now, I didn't always love the Miz. You can go back and ask Josh. I used to hate the Miz. Now, I, as I've but... never been a Miz fan until recently because he, he went away from that reality show Miz. Yeah, I mean, I guess what really won me over was after he won the championship from Cena and the WrestleMania that was overshadowed and he got a concussion from the rock and Cena and he comes out and he changes the belt. And I was like, you know what? Not a lot of people have the power to change the belt. I mean, if you go back and look, you know, it's like stone cold. It's Cena. It's, it's the big figureheads that have it. Yeah, The Rock. Like, the big dudes get to change the belts and what they look like. And he was one of them. And, you know, it's fine. Like, oh, okay. And the more I heard him on the mic, the more and more I liked him. And then – and really what won me over was him and Alex Riley's thing. Not when they were feuding, but when they were that team or oh, whatever. Yes. That's what really won me over. And I still like Alex Riley to this day, but too bad he got a bad hand from John Cena. And the yeah, company. I mean, that's yeah, that's so. a tough situation. I wish we would have gotten a bigger payoff between the Miz and Daniel Bryan because when Daniel Bryan was cleared, we expected a one-on-one match, and we got Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan against the Miz and Maurice, which was oh, not it that was great because I think I think the in-ring time literally between Miz and Daniel was like what. Three and a half minutes. If this that. was a worse match than Cena and Nikki Bella against Miz and or against Miz and Maurice, which says a lot. Yeah, I mean you're <laughs> you're taking three of the biggest male superstars in the last fifteen years, and you're putting them in intergen intergen or tag matches, and they like eh, pee break. Mm-hmm. It, Big people. I, I hope at one point down the road we get the Miz and Daniel Bryan for a world title. 
because we will revisit this promo and get a better build. Yeah, because, I mean, I literally thought this whole thing was ready for that, you know, the build-up for the title match even. But, no, we get nothing. We just get that terrible tag match, and there's no, no payoff. It's one of these things that bugs me because it's like the writing on the wall. This would steal the show, and Vince decided to go yeah, that way. Yeah, I mean – why spend the time and energy giving the Miz the free reign to literally bless out Daniel Bryan, the GM, and then not do anything? Well, with welcome it, like. to the wonderful world of Vince McMahon. Gentle way to say it to me: you wrestle like a coward. You wrestle like somebody who's I, af- who's afraid to get hit. Like, I, I, re- I, res- I wrestle like, like a coward. You I- wrestle like a coward. I'm the one. If I if I were to create a wrestler who, to me, like embodies like when I was an independent guy and I was thinking like, oh, okay, what's the soft WWE style? It would be that WWE is transformed in the last. Hold on, you you had you you had your chance to talk. You you're the one that called me a coward in in the wrestling ring. I'm the coward in the wrestling ring. But let's talk about cowards for one second. The reason I wrestle the way I wrestle is because I can do it day in and day out all the time for ten plus. Years, I have never, never in my career ever have been injured. I don't get injured for six months to a year. I am here each and every week. But you sit there and call me a coward? I'm the coward. Wait, let me tell you about a coward. Let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans, the people that he loves, that he will be back. He promises them. I promise you, I will be back in one year's time to claim this title. But you didn't, Daniel, did you? But I'm the coward. I'm the one that doesn't love the fans. If they would let me come back, I would come back. Oh, if if you you would? You you would. You you love that WWE ring. You love wrestling. You love being right in that wrestling ring. And you love wrestling, right? Well, yeah. why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo halls with your indie okay, friends? I think you then, need to huh? calm. No, that's not no, what this, this. show is about. The GM have this. Thank you very much, Renee. This is a great show, but we're talking here. I need to talk to you real quick because the fact is, you're the one that calls me the coward, but you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Don't you walk away. I'm the one that loves the fans. I'm the one that loves everyone and everything. You're the one that gets up and walks away every single time. You're the coward. I am not a coward. I am your intercontinental champion, and there's a reason I am the title. Reason making this the most relevant, prestigious title that WWE has, and I deserve the respect on SmackDown Live. Get that camera right here. Understand that this is day 141 of the never-ending Intercontinental Championship World Tour. And I swear to you, I promise you, it will be the most relevant title on SmackDown Live. I could care less about those little kids on, on for the tag team titles and the women's championship and the WWE championship. This is my show. My show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here, day in and day out, in that wrestling ring, beating people up. Thank you very much. Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? How about we get the classic Austin... (laughs) Give me a hell yeah. I was wondering why that was not mentioned. (laughs) This is one where he had just beaten Jake the Snake to get to become king of the ring and he gets up there and Michael PS Hayes is the one that's interviewing him 
and he says, get up here and you spit your Psalms and your John 3.16. Well, Austin 3.16 says, I just whipped your ass. And I love that because that set off yep. the attitude. And you know, the, the craziest thing is, if it was not for the curtain call, this would have never happened. Oh, absolutely, because yep. that was supposed to be Triple And Triple H. H's way of being punished was in losing King of the Ring, or not even uh, – I think it was uh, not even – No, he wasn't. Part- a little bit of part- participate. That's a hard word to say. No, because who were you going to – because at that point, who were you gonna, I mean, you couldn't bury Shawn Michaels no. with the world champ. And you, so Triple H is just a product of being – you know, but I mean, just just that alone, that has still been put on signs. That's still something that Stone Cold and wrestling will always be defined as, is that promo forever. Brother, I used this warming up my offensive line last year before a game. And that was their homework, was to go home and look up Austin 316. I like it. I mean, I'm I'm teaching the kids now who Stone Cold was. They know who Stone Cold was is because of the TV shows he's had on CMT. They need to learn where Stone Cold became Stone yes, Cold, and not the ringmaster. Or he was Steve Austin in ECW. So I mean, but this promo is just one of the greatest. And like like Steven had said, he was shocked it wasn't mentioned because I forgot to write it down on my list. (laughs) I have it recorded. I just forgot to write it down, which is a colossal miss as a huge wrestling fan. Well, it's not a miss. I mean, you remembered it. But it's just like, if you want to talk about the greatest of all time, you, you have to throw that one in there because, I mean, you can sit down someone that's never watched wrestling before they know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Maybe from his absolutely awful movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Austin. That I'm sorry. If you ever hear this, please don't come whip my ass. But <laughs> they're pretty awful. And just share a share yeah. A I'll, I'll, anytime here. I'll do that with him. But uh, you can sit someone down in front of a TV, pop up YouTube, and type in Austin three sixteen. And they watch that, and they're like, who is this guy? That's awesome. And you're like, well, you just wait. <laughs> and you just show them, like, match after match after match, promo after promo. You can even show them the thing in the ring where he makes Misfit Man literally piss his pants because he thought he was going to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And I think it's great that Austin started and got big as Stone Cold by beating arguably the greatest – one of the greatest promo in Jake the Snake. Jake innovated the speaking softly. Without that, we wouldn't have a Bray Wyatt. We wouldn't have had an Undertaker giving those type of promos. Jake the Snake laid the groundwork because if you speak softly, people have to focus on you. And speak listen. softly and carry a big stick. Or in- Absolutely. Yeah. The fourth prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. 
Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's gotta do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Uh, uh, eat your vegetables. <laughs> All right, Joe, thank you. Yep, yep. Thank you for tuning in to Win the Bell Tolls of Big Cuz and our Fan Friday promo edition. I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed trip down memory lane with all of these phenomenal promos I hope you've enjoyed the brotherhood discussing these promos and the impact that they may have had on the business or just even on our lives so thank you again for your support of the podcast and remember when the bell tolls the match is over